Hello, hello, good morning. It's morning for me. Uh, welcome to Adventures Among Ideas, where I talk about, briefly talk, and informally talk about interesting ideas that I'm reading about, or thinking about, or things I'm working on. So anyway, today I wanted to talk about an old, old essay called Behavior and the Concept of Mental Disease by um, John B. Watson. So. Watson is uh, fairly famous, so anyone listening to this may have heard of him. One of the first behaviorists, uh, considered one of the founders, or sometimes the founder of behaviorism. Uh, this is an essay from 1916. It's an interesting essay. It's a little bit hard to deal with in some respects, but it's also very intriguing, gives some interesting little... Uh, nuggets to think about, to work with, um, but there's some parts that still remain a little uh, um, difficult for me, and maybe he clears up some of this in his other writings, I, but I'd uh, which I have read at some point, but I'd have to kind of relate this article to his later uh, writings, like his book Behaviorism, where I think he touches on some of these ideas as well, although parts of that also are a little... Um, difficult for me, but I'll, you'll, maybe you'll uh, see what I mean as I go. But uh, the essay is, well, let me tell you what how he says the essay was inspired. So Watson goes to a conference uh, with um, of physicians, I guess, doctors, and they're talking about one of the, at least one of the physicians is talking about uh, mental diseases, and he's discussing a patient, and he says this is an example of a purely mental disease, and Watson is confused uh, confused by this. Other physicians th think, uh, yeah, that's right, it is a purely mental disease. Finally, someone is coming right out and and talking about. You know, there's physical diseases, but there's also these purely mental diseases. And Watson is thinking, well, what, is he, what exactly does he mean by mental? What is the mental here referring to? Um, so the, his paper grows out, the paper um, Behavior and the Concept of Mental Disease grows out of just trying to understand what could be meant by mental. So physical diseases, of course, we have a, a fairly good idea of what physical diseases are. Right? There's some dysfunction with the, um, the body. There's some damage or lesion or uh, trauma, things like that, um, to the body itself that causes some kind of symptoms. And we, so we have bodily disorders, bodily illnesses, bodily diseases. We have at least a, a clear concept of what that is, even if many of the details of what a disease actually is remains um sometimes difficult to determine. So, but we have a fairly good idea of what a physical bodily disease is. So what is a, uh, how do we know what a mental disease is? And interestingly, this uh, gets into, um, I mean, this kind of prefigures uh, the work of Thomas Zaz, who I've been, which I've been reading some of recently, who had kind of a similar uh, view. Zaz's view was that when we talk about mental diseases, we're using a metaphor from bodily diseases. Um, 
And maybe Watson would say something similar. I'm not sure he doesn't uh, put it quite like that. So Watson is trying to figure out what um, a mental disease could be in terms of behavioral, in behavioral terms or more objective terms. You know, where would the mental thing be that has the disease? Um, it doesn't seem like there's a, a place that could have it that's mental that could have a disease. So he's trying to figure out, well, what what is a behavioristic version of this? And his idea is based on the concept of habit. Just looking at my notes here, which are not quite well organized. Uh, but he goes through the, the concept of habit. He bases his idea of mental disease on the concept of habit, which was very important in um, pragmatism and behaviorism in the you know, turn of the century, early 20th century. Uh, it's not talked about so much today. There's quite a lot written about um, habit, but not really, um, I think, by behaviorists, although I might be wrong. But it was a very big, big concept, did a lot of work in the early 20th century. And he also talks about language, and this is the part where I have some trouble figuring out what he's exactly what he's getting at. But let me try to discuss what he means by habit and how that relates to mental disease. So habit basically is a like a learned pattern of uh, response to stimuli. So I think everyone will probably have some idea of what a habit is. So you habitually respond to things in a certain way. You habitually do things in a certain way. And that's just a way of organizing your behavior to the environment. So you don't have to think about everything anew. You know, you're not uh, having to come up with new responses every time to the uh, environment. You just do the same thing that you've always done in the situations that seem similar enough. All right, so habits. And we learn habits um, over the course of our lives. So you learn certain habits when you're a kid. You learn other habits when you're adult, when you're an adult. And this is where the problem comes in for Watson, because we're always having to learn and unlearn habits. Um, he doesn't really talk about learning, but conditioning and unconditioning of habits. And the problem is it's very hard to totally get rid of older habits that are not necessarily useful anymore, that don't function in an appropriate way in a new environment. And as you get older, your environments change, of course, your organism, your body changes as well, but so does your environment. You're put in different kinds of environments, but you don't, uh, you're not always completely able to get rid of the habits you had to a previous environment. Sometimes they stick around, they kind of color or shape how you form habits in new environments. And this is um, sort of his concept of where mental disease comes from. He calls these twisted habits. So, um, in cases where you're not able to uh, get fully get rid of an older habit and that kind of twists your formation of new habits. And there's not a lot of clear examples in this article. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I can think of a clear example of what he's uh, getting at. You can probably think of examples on your own. So you might have certain relationships. Well, one common thing that uh, people talk about in popular psychology is how your relationship to your parents, 
So you can think of your relationship to your parents as a kind of the first man and the first woman, if you have a, uh, two uh, uh, parents, a male and female parent. Um, if you have that kind of family, then you're, uh, that's kind of your first experience of relating to an other other men, other women, and that can carry over into your later relationships with men and women. So if you're not able to, uh, if there's something odd about your relationship to one of your parents, that can influence later how you relate to um, other people of that gender or people who might be similar in some way to one of your parents. So I guess that's one example. He touches on that in his uh, uh, article, but doesn't really explore it fully. But I think people are kind of familiar with that dynamic from um, popular psychology books and TV shows and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, um, twisted habits. Uh, there's a muscular part. He goes through the, the muscular part and the glandular part. So muscular, the actual behaviors, glandular um, uh, gives it kind of the emotion. So emotions can carry over Right, and he talks about um, this in terms of substitution, which is a big word in um, Watson's theory. Uh, it's a little bit of a tricky concept. Um, you can also think of this as transfer. So you transfer your response. And this is another word he uses, transfer. You transfer your response from one stimuli to another. Um, so for example, and um, this is a way that... Uh, also so-called mental diseases get formed in especially the emotional component, I think, the emotional component of that, or the glandular response, which um, kind of carries an emotion or stabilizes an emotion in your body, the release of hormones that um, gives your perception or your action a certain emotional quality, what we think of as an emotion. So for example, something bad happens to us but when something bad happens to us, there's also many other things that are going on too, maybe, so that, that are pretty much unrelated. So something bad might happen to you while you're also um, experience, experiencing something good or neutral. And if this occurs in a particularly powerful way, or if it occurs over and over again, uh, your response will transfer from the bad thing to the good or neutral thing. So you'll start having these powerful um, emotional reactions to this thing that used to be like good or neutral or whatever, like not maybe not having a particular meaning, but it will trans you'll transfer the meaning from the the bad thing that's happening to this other thing. And so that's another example of like a bad habit, a twisted habit. Um, which can be thought of, uh, which we can use to think about the concept of mental disease. So I may say a little bit about language, but I've probably talked for long enough. But uh, so he gets into language um, and it's a little bit hard to figure out what he's, how he's tying that in exactly. Language he sees as a habit. So that is a clear connection. So language is a habit and at least some mental diseases, many mental diseases perhaps are what he calls disturbances of uh, speech functions. So language is a habit like many of our other behaviors. He also talks about instinct. Um, that's less important part of his theory. Um, he does recognize that, are the, that there are these uh, kind of inbuilt desires or whatever, inbuilt ways of responding but that's not something he's super interested in discussing. So I'll 
just kind of leave that aside. But language is one of the big um, habits for him, something we learn. Um, he doesn't seem to consider that as based on instinct, in at least in any impo really important way. So language um, dysfunctions, right? Language can be can have dysfunctions, which lead to what we also call recognize or call or label as uh, mental diseases. So we we have trouble finding words for certain things. Uh, we mix up words. We label things in the wrong way. We describe things in the wrong way. And that's another kind of um, uh, twisted habit, I guess. I guess we could say the the fail. Uh, another type of mental disease, or one type of mental disease, is the failure to use language in the socially expected way. That would call a kind of language dysfunction. And yeah, he talks about. He gets into his theory of language a, a little bit. It's not a terribly long article, but. Um, the language part is a little bit difficult to uh, fit into the rest of what he's talking about. Yeah, language are language. He talks about words being substitutes for acts, and how language is related to behavior. And so, unfortunately, he doesn't give real detailed examples of this. Especially the language part remains a little bit hard for me to follow, and I probably have a somewhat different view of language, although I don't think he's totally off track regarding language. Um, but yeah, that's all I wanted to say about Watson's view of mental disease, at least in this early, kind of early 1916 paper, that it's, you can basically translate mental disease as twisted habits, although maybe there are, are also some kind of bad instincts and stuff, which he does talk about, and how uh, I guess that's one final thing I'll mention, talking about both instincts and habits, um, that society doesn't always, uh, civilization doesn't always want us to um, follow out certain um, instincts or habitual desires that we might develop, uh, instinctual desires that we have already, and um, uh, habitual desires that we want already, right? There's many possibilities um, may, many possible ways that instincts could play out, many possible instincts we have that might not be, that society might want to, you know, keep down, suppress. Um, and that's uh, another kind of conflict where something that we call mental illness comes from. We have these kind of bodily structures that want to play themselves out, but society is not going to uh, let them play out, at least without punishment. So that's um, you can kind of see how uh, Watson was quite influenced by Freud, but he's trying to um, rewrite Freud maybe in a more common sense, more behavioral, more objective language. All right, so anyway, that's all I will uh, talk about for right now. Um, anyway, have a great day, and maybe see you again.